Business Podcast. Proximity is power. Registration for our executive boardroom is still open. To learn more, click the link in the description of this episode. All right, this is JP. I am the founder and CEO of the Game of Business and Archon Management Services. And today I'm joined by Mark McInerney. Now, Mark has an interesting background because um, just like Eminem, he was in the white rap business. <laughs> and uh, started his career, uh, which I thought was so interesting, Mark, uh, just running a rap music label. Um, and, and you were working on that, just learning by trial and error, which is what so many entrepreneurs do, is we learn by trial and error, right? And then um, you talked about how, he told me about how your partner um, told you about uh, what he was doing inside of the real estate market. So you got in the mortgage industry, you run a very successful mortgage business right now. You've also dabbled into coaching a little bit as well. And um, years ago, I was privileged to hear you speak about getting into the flow inside of business. And so many times I find myself just push, 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 make it happen, make it happen, make it happen, make it happen. And I remembered that that conversation you had with that group and i was like i gotta see if mark will come talk to my my people about getting into the flow because i sure could use a little uh little refinishing on that subject as well mark so thanks for coming and let's just jump into it thanks jp great great to be here and i appreciate uh the invite so i guess one of the things to kind of tap into in terms of talking about the conversation of flow is uh, a question of gaze and uh, I usually like to start with this when I uh, even kind of connect with clients of mine. You know, it's like, okay, well, what is it that you think you want to accomplish by purchasing a house and, and under that particular conversation? And most people, if you look at life as like a viewpoint, which is arguably what it is, and, you know, you've got kind of a director and a producer and all kinds of people that sit inside, inside of your head, but the lens is your eyes and they're the camera to the world and the way that you're perceiving the reality as it's being filtered through. You're processing on what most of that might actually mean. And some of us just don't really have the skills or never really been pointed in the direction of being able to observe like, what is the kind of upfront view of the way things are happening and what should be happening versus also just stepping back and, as I said, softening the gaze. And as I guess through a bunch of trial and error, trial and error also just being really also being able to fully endure and feel all of the failures of my life to also be able to step back and say, okay, well, what seems to be happening here? What is what are What are some of the connected dots that are these resistances that I continue to come up, you know, in, inside of my life. And here's the facts. Regardless of what we do in business, business is usually the byproduct of how we're usually showing up in all other areas of our life. We, I think, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, an American distraction. And I say America because we're so driven over here in this country to just succeed and kind of at all costs, uh, costs of family, costs of, you know, our personal health. You know, I think there's a saying that says, you know, nowhere in the world does anybody work so hard to obtain money, to make the money, to just spend all that money to survive, to be able to spend it. And that is so true here because we're so focused on 24-7, grind motherfucker, you know, I've got this shit and, you know, whatever. I don't know if we can cuss on your on your show. You're but good. Yeah, we're good. You can bleep that out. But <laughs> the, the, the mis kind of conception with all of that is 
Nothing else, nothing else in natural state works in any form of force. You know, nothing at all in its most natural state has this sense of yearning to want to accomplish something. You know, the tree, you know, outside my office here is not yearning to succeed to be a taller tree than the tree next to it. It just does what it's supposed to do. The rain comes when it does. It sprouts branches and it sprouts fruit and, you know, the animals eat it and then they fall to the ground to create more trees. And there's all this very kind of natural form of just what would be an immutable law of the way of existence. And humans, and this is kind of where we are just really in our evolution, believe that because we have such a high level of consciousness, we'd say, well, the plants don't or the animals simply don't either. But because we have such a high level of consciousness, we feel like we know all of the answers. And what we often fail is that we typically get in our own way by force. And the game really is, is to step back to fit more into flow and to observe what patterns seem to be taking place. Another note to insert inside of that, JP, is we're in constant struggle in trying to find out this supposed purpose or what is the answer for me. And what we often fail to do is we're constantly looking for the reflection to be given in the efforts of others. And yet the efforts of others are very uniquely the orchestra of their symphony. Doesn't mean that, you know, there can't be some similarities, but we often subscribe to the idea that, well, if this worked for you, this is what's going to exactly work for me. And the reality is the only thing that is any bit similar than you and me is that we're just men, period, the end. And we tried to find common ground to say, well, I'm a man. He's a man. If he can do it, I can do it. But did you have wealthy parents? Uh, was there something that happened somewhere in your life that triggered something else to give you this sense of inspiration that I don't know because I'm inept in understanding how that level of, a, of an emotional trigger actually takes place to kind of push you to work harder? Whereas me, I've got all the opportunity in the world and I'm sitting back wondering how I can't succeed. I mean, the variables are so vast that trying to compare other people's way of succeeding or finding flow is never going to be ideally fitted to kind of like tailor what is uniquely to ourselves. And the game of understanding flow is being able to recognize what is transpiring as your own existence and then being able to soften the gaze, step back and say, all right, what's the pattern here and where am I interrupting what is flowing to me? And then as things are flowing to me, are they happening consistently enough, both good and or bad, to where I'm supposed to be learning what is supposed to be taking place? Because that's the other thing, too. The more the resistance happens, it's because you haven't learned the lesson and people continue. Actually, what they do is they'll push even harder at the resistance because everything will say, fuck your stories. You got to grind. You got callous. You know, David Goggins wants to run, you know, on broken legs and everybody thinks that that's what they're supposed to do, except I am not Goggins. <laughs> I I, you, you can, yeah, yeah. And we can learn lessons from other people that we can extract little pieces of, but we're not them, right? So one of the things that, you know, we talked about, I mentioned briefly when we were talking about your, your rap business is you learn through trial and error. But then when you get into the mortgage business, you're able to learn from other people and go, oh, I can do this by myself and I, I have what it takes. You're not, there's a difference between copying and, or even in the coaching space you're in. Did you copy somebody or did you model them? Now, if we're modeling somebody, we can collapse time. If we copy somebody, I think you get into that resistance space where you're trying to be the version of somebody else instead of being the version of yourself. Um, and then the, when I'm thinking about what you're saying, this force, 
you know, what, whatever resists persists. I don't know if you've heard that before. If it, you, whatever resists persists. But when you're in flow state, where's your focus on? Are you focused on internally or are you focused on external, on, on somebody else? It's a great question. It's a really good balance between the two, but it's a balance. You know, if, if you look at where flow actually takes place in a very natural state, for most people, flow is triggered very automatically when we are involved in some sort of physical practice. It could be tennis, it could be yoga, it could be skateboarding, whatever. And the thing is, is that whatever it is, um, you're not really thinking, overly thinking. You're kind of just participating and you're acting in conjunction with what is coming at you in the moment. That's it. You're not overthinking it and you're not over tightening it. And sometimes you might be, which let's use the example of like uh, surfing. If you start thinking, oh shit, this wave is big and I'm going to fall. You've already halfway beat yourself to it. That the minute you jump up on the board, it, you, you've kind of increased that to happen, which is really just kind of what was made up through the, the, the monkey brain, you know, like keeping the mind busy for the purpose of failing in the situation. A lot of those athletes that particularly participate, which is where this concept of flow comes from, is that they're on the, they're on the verge of what is absolutely beyond their comfort zone. Ever so slight, though, we look at it and we see these guys, you know, uh, base jumping and, you know, wingsuiting through, you know, holes in, in mountains and things like that. And we look at it and we say, that is absolutely crazy. The fact of the matter is those guys are so skilled that they're not just jumping off and that's their first time. They have done it thousands of times to make that look so effortless, which is why they have the, 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 the balls, if you will, to actually accomplish such a thing. But in those particular practices, at the heightened level of fear, if you know how to manage that particular energy, as which is just merely a chemical response of the way that the brain is firing off with all of the chemical anatomy inside of you, what you really get is you get to be very present. And in being very present, nothing else matters because you're hyper, hyper focused on just the moment. And in the moment is where you can't fail because in that moment is where flow actually takes place. The thing is, is people are like, oh, you know, I, I got to drink or I got to light the incense. I got to do all this stuff to get into flow. That helps to calibrate. But until you put yourself like, okay, now I'm ready, you know, that puts you into that element of whatever flow is going to kind of be triggered by. And typically flow is triggered by heightened sense of emotions, whether it's heightened sense of ecstasy, like happiness, sadness, um, fear, these things are the way that we are still very wired, you know, fight or flight, that once we get to that, in that spectrum, it's in there that the magic actually happens. It's when it's just boringness that it's hard to actually kind of trigger any of these chemical responses to get us to operate a certain way. And it's just because we're very meh, you know, like yeah. there's nothing that's actually stimulating. The outer environment isn't bringing us forward to perform. You know, so what do we do? We tell ourselves, well, I got to get up at four o'clock in the morning and drop down and give me 10 burpees and, you know, let me go fucking run a mile, you know, on bare feet and then jump in cold water. And it's like all of these, it's all gimmicks for the, the, the purpose of saying that's what's going to get us there. And maybe for some it does. Routine certainly is helpful because it teaches discipline and being able to be disciplined also teaches us a level of focus. But man, when you hear and see a lot of that, it really sounds like there's a lot of people doing this. Versus just kind of being able to do this. And this is how you receive. You don't receive with your hands closed. So, Do you, do you have a, a, 
well, you said routine, but do you have a, a routine or ritual for priming yourself to get into flow? Or is it yeah. just coming naturally? Well, so now it, it, this is years of practice, right? So again, it, I don't want at the risk of sounding like one of these modern day gurus. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, like here's my link and, you know, download my program. And, you know, this is how you get it in 21 days. You don't get shit in 21 days. Um, the practice is an over and over and over again practice. All I can tell you is I have started to reanalyze things that once upon a time moved me naturally because even the person that I am today, I have to question whether or not if that is who I really am or am I collectively all of the suggested ideas that my dad said I should be, my mom said I should be, you know, the black high school said that I should be, you know, all of these different things that kind of create these impositions that I start to think this is who I am or is it? And when I start going back to more natural states, more natural states was when I was a kid, when we were all kind of very beautifully naive to what was out there to be afraid of, you know, when there were less no's, you know, like I started to learn no as like being an operative choice until I started making the, the decision to say, well, the person that's telling me no might be that like that's their version of no. It doesn't have to be particularly my version of no. And then when I started looking at what moved me, I went back to applying those practices. Arguably very simple, like, man, I'm, I'm skateboarding again. I'm 46 years old. Am I trying to be Tony Hawk? No. It's just that when I go and I skateboard, it puts me in a place where there's no thinking involved anymore. Don't get me wrong. I'm really worried about falling and busting my ass and breaking my wrist at this age, except for the fact that when I'm there... I am no more hyper-focused in that moment than anything else. I'm not thinking about kids. I'm not thinking about emails. I'm not thinking about anything other than just being present to not essentially, in that particular case, fuck up and bust my ass, which the more I practice in there, even upon busting my ass and then developing the courage to grit through those small little failures, right? There's going to be trial and error. The more I put myself into a space of understanding what flow feels like, and then I can go apply it to other things in my life, should I choose. But I put myself in the physical environments that help me get there naturally. And it's natural without like having to pop pills or drink something, you know, to kind of feel like I need to be energetic to go, you know, squat 400 pounds. Right. No, that's you just, bro, you took me right to the snowboarding slopes. I, I'm not going to get on a skateboard because of that broken wrist thing. But man, I, I'm like, I love just when you say, when you said skateboarding, it took me back to snowboarding and I love the speed and and you are in total flow when you're going down that mountain, just carving it up, you know, hitting the walls, hitting the powder, coming back. And it's just, you, you're either present or you're going to eat shit. <laughs> right. Indeed. And so, so I love this because I, what I'm hearing is to be in flow, we have to kind of connect with the fun part of ourselves and the kid side and ch children are always present. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they, they might once in a while think about what happened at school or, but they don't, they don't, dwell on it right there they are in the moment all of the time so being in flow really is being present yeah animals too if you look at like animals i mean you know i mean if 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 any of your listeners have a dog you can get very upset with your dog and then the minute they think that they've got an opportunity to come back and win your love they go right back to that like they're not caring what you're carrying still, right? Like say you can have an argument with your significant other and, and you want to harbor in it. And you, you know, it's like kind of, you know, it tastes horrible, but you still want to swim in your own shit and enjoy it and continue to feed yourself that, right? So it, it is completely 
being able to, at some level, dumb down the adultness of the way that we think and try to get back to a, mu a much more childish-like behavior. So. so let me ask you this. So the last nine months or so in your industry has been a shit show. Yeah. It's been very difficult. There's probably, I don't know what the number is. I'm, I, I think that it's probably over 50% of people in your industry that were there a year ago are no longer in that industry. Yep. Um, how did remaining in or staying in flow or how are you able to stay in flow during this moment? Because I, I would imagine you had some uh, anxious moments over the last nine months or so yourself. So arguably, I have tried to hang on to nothing. My disassembly of what is my company um, and the companies, even way back when we did your loan and the real estate and like had this full on, you know, synergistic uh, business and company that was, you know, from the outer optics, you know, wildly successful. All of it started to crumble. Now it started to crumble internally and, you know, I'll save kind of the boringness of, you know, the details of those semantics. But all I can say is things started to come unhinged. And what I didn't do was I didn't try to hold on to the unhinging of it. I just allowed things to dismantle because there was a part of it that was telling me, yes, I've got to hang on to this. Hey, this is my baby. I built this shit. This is bullshit. I'm going to, I'm going to be the Phoenix from the flame. I'm going to, I'm going to beat my chest like King Kong in front of every fucking buddy and be like, see, I made it, but that's all ego. That's like the ego trying to say it's got to master like this potential loss. There's also the spirit that says, or just allow this shit to fall away so that you could see what you're really left with. And maybe what you're left with is what you ultimately want. And I stand here today, I've got no office, I've got no team, I've got no nothing. I got no nothing by the ways of what everybody would have seen and thought, man, Mark is crushing it. And even as I speak to you today, my production is half the size of what it is at this given time, just because of where interest rates are and where the market actually is. And yet, you know what, JP? I'm making more money now applying less work because I have none of the overhead. So who would have thought? Who would have thought? I, there's a parallel universe where I would have fought so hard to hold on to everything that was, you know, essentially crumbling around me. And then I'd be firing people here, you know, and, and when I say firing, more like letting them go and then feeling shitty about that. And then that becoming like this other, you know, kind of karmic crap that I'd have to come home with and yell at my family. And, you know, it's like all of these things. So I, I literally let go. I just let go to what was obviously taking place and I didn't try to human my way through figuring out why this was happening. And I actually really, the practice was in every single moment that my ego was arising, that was me stepping back, softening my gaze. And I was like, well, this is obviously how this is taking place because there was a certain amount of certainty in my own efforts of things that like, I know what it looks like to work hard. I'm working hard, but Something isn't going right here. So if I continue to work hard, you know, it's that, that, that definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. We are um, oftentimes consciously or otherwise are forced to make decisions that are just going to push us into that discomfort zone. Hence makes you actually kind of get more focused on flow. And so I just allow shit to happen. And man, I, I look I don't know. There's a version of me that could look back at me and say, man, you're brilliant. Yeah, because you know what? I don't have an office space. I didn't sign another five-year lease, struggling to pay that bullshit, selling off all kinds of other things. Dude, you're talking about snowboarding. I'm going snowboarding uh, tomorrow. I go to Utah. You know, it's like I, it, it should be a crime that I'm making the money that I'm doing and not working as hard. But JP, I, 
I guess I just don't even look for it now. And yet it's interesting, right? You know, not to, I'm, I'm we're married men, kind of, sort of, but yeah. you know the game, when you went into the club and you didn't chase the girls, the girls chased you. You go in and you chase the girls, and then all of a sudden there's this repellent, like, oh, there's this sense of desperation. And I don't know what it is, but the dynamics of polarity and this dualistic, you know, existence that we have, the less you push, the more you receive, because there's just this sense of, like abundance, if you will, you know, again, I don't want to get all hokey, you know, but it's all I can Bro, say. Is- I, I, I studied the Bhagavad Gita, so you're not going to get any hokey with because I get this. I get this. It's all it's all about finding joy in the present moment with that with that text. Right. And and it's not getting too high when things are great and thinking you're the greatest business person, dad, husband athlete whatever your thing is in the world when you're on when you're on top and at the same time not thinking you're the biggest piece of shit in the world when those things are are down it's like oh it's isn't that interesting i mean here's the thing you did all the work that you needed to do to create that beautiful business like you said from the outside looking in the first time you did all the work right and you were rewarded to certain to, to whatever level you were rewarded and you're doing the work now but what I see from you that most of us in business have don't have is a detachment from the outcome. Yeah. And it feels like when you say you're in flow, it's because you're doing the work, you're detached from the outcome and whatever happens, happens. And it's almost like that attitude uh, is, is what's attracting you, you to, you know, like you said, I think you said half the volume, but you're making twice as much money. That's it. Yeah, the, the thing also that is needs to be understood also about this concept of flow is that it also stops. Like it doesn't – it's not hurricane winds, you know, gusting at 100 miles per hour, you know, pelting you with rain over and over and over again. I guess arguably I can take that back and say – or it is because even the hurricane subsides. It dies too. Everything has a flow and – there's ups and there's downs and again, stepping back from the wall, taking your nose off the wall and being able to soften your gaze and see what is taking place. When there are arcs when you're on top, it's not to suggest that you need to think, oh man, it's going to be bad, but it's not, that is not going to last forever. Just as also the pits also don't last forever. I mean, everything is rhythmic. Again, using the trees, they sprout, they die, they repeat, they do this and they've been doing this for millions of years. And this is a this is a this is a format that has worked for the universe and all of its laws that are abiding underneath it that work magically perfect despite what we think we can insert. So you might as well just go with that flow, as they say, and allow things to just shake up the way that they are. The part of the detachment is just recognizing that. And look, here's the thing too: we're all we're all ego. Ego gives us the 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 the, the filter to experience it. Otherwise, we'd be walking around like. Like nothing matters. Oh, happiness. Yay. Sadness. Yay. I mean, it's, it feels good to be like, oh my, I'm fucking elated. And sometimes it's like, fuck that motherfucker. Yeah, great. I mean, that feels good. But the thing is to recognize that it's arguably pretty all illusionary because we shift in and out of those characters day in, day out. And you think about what pissed you off a year ago and 10 years ago, and now it's laughable. How is that even possible? But then a year ago, 10 years ago, that person you know, to tell you, hey, that you're going to laugh at this, you know, you, you'd shoot that version of you. You'd be, shut the fuck up. I'm pissed off right now. And and so things, that's also understanding flow is that 
it's going to come in rhythms, no different than the way that the ocean comes in and it comes out. It comes in, it comes out. And sometimes there's great breaks and sometimes it's flat as fuck and there's nothing out there. And that's part of also enjoying sitting out there when there's fucking nothing out there too. Right. And so, so when, when there is nothing happening for you, Mark, and I, I'm going to assume that at, when the market started to turn, there was probably a, a, a few little oh shit moments before you realized, oh, I'll just kind of sit back and watch it. Um, how did it affect or did it affect you? I'm sure it affected you. How did it affect um, how you showed up at home when that initially started going down? It, it gave me more time to focus on the only thing that was important to focus on. You know, there was no work. So it's like, okay, well, I've done what I needed to do. Uh, so there's no other work. All right. Well, let me go. Let me go pour into my wife. Let me go pour into my kids. You know, let me volunteer to, you know, uh, teach soccer. You know, uh, I do a lot of volunteering actually right now. I'm teaching at my kids school a few days a week. I teach uh, TED Ed, uh, public speaking and uh, financial literacy. And, you know, I'm not looking for, oh, yay, good for you. Like, I love doing it. It it costs me my time. And yet it's probably the highlight of each and every week to go spend a couple of hours with these high school and on the TED Ed days, it's high school and middle school kids teaching them these types of things. There ain't shit else for me to do if I spent my time worrying about money, which will show up. I mean, I look at all my life, money has come and it's gone and I'm still okay. So what is it that I'm, what is it that I'm seeking? You know, like an extra car to have in the garage or, you know, an extra beach house. It's like, Okay, like if, if that comes, then that'll come. But oftentimes we're so busy on paying so close attention to the lesson that is leaving us to give us the space to the lesson that we should be focusing on. And more often than not, JP, and I'm fortunate to, you know, just as you are to have a lot of mentors that in my case are older than me, which is why I feel so good to go and teach these kids because at some level, I feel like I'm trying to deposit and pay it forward, or in this case, pay 100%. it back, you know, to, to give it to these kids. Um, but I don't know anybody, and I know people, you included, that are more successful than me. And I don't know anybody even over my seniors, you know, 10, 15, 20 plus years, I'm 46, like I said, kind of like where I hope to become, that have any of them said that they wish that they were making more money or they wish they did something to make more money. Most everybody feels like, the parts that they're missing out on life are just more the experiences. And dude, that's why I'm skydiving now. I'll have my skydiving license here in the next 60 days. I'll have my pilot's license here, eh, hopefully by the end of the year. It's like, I don't want to wait for these things. And I'm missing the breadcrumbs if these people are telling me that and all I'm doing is like, ah, fuck him, he's a pussy, I'm going to go grind harder. It's like, well, then, then all I'm doing is the psychosis path. I'll end up being that guy, you know? Right. So I don't know, man. It, it sounds... It sounds very counterintuitive, you know, to say, well, lean in on more family and God and all that. I, I, I'm well aware of how that sounds. What's difficult, though, for most people, and it took me years and I still struggle with it, is really removing the ego component of wanting to win and needing to win and identifying my win to be largely around how many commas I have in my bank account. Um, that is the illusion that I have become very comfortable with releasing. And people can listen to that and say, yep, he's got no balls. You know, he's not going to be a multimillionaire. You know what? You might be the multimillionaire, but if I manage to live till I'm 100 and you're dead at 60, who wins? You exactly. Know, if still, you know, if we're still trying to pick who's, got, who's going to put the W up, right? Yeah. So, so look at, um, I mean, we're both pretty healthy guys. 
right? Yeah. Um, I, I have crossed over a thousand miles on my Peloton already this quarter. Nice. Um, I was going to do 3000 for the year. I'm over a thousand now. I'm, it, I am, what's pulling me now is in my mind. Unfortunately, I, I've been listening to a lot of David Goggins <laughs> and I've realized I'm not him, but it's, but how can I be the greatest version of me? And it's this whole, for me, the, the concept of flow and it gets heavy is to, to get me back into flow, Mark, it's been, if I can take one more breath, I can take one more step. And then my whole view, my whole vision of my field of view changes with one step, one awesome. more breath, one more step when I'm feeling heaviness. And so I sit here now going, Hmm, maybe I can take this bike riding madness and, and ride across country next year in 30 days, 3000 miles in 30 days and raise money for, uh, for some child trafficking prevention comp uh, organizations that I'm, that I'm, oh, have donated to in the past. And I'm like, so for me, it's it's becoming where if I focus what I'm doing on either my client or my community or mankind in general, for me, that's what puts me in flow. When I focus on, like you say, the bank account, the zeros, the numbers, I get tight. I press. I push. I It's the, the girl in the club. I become that guy that runs around going, want to fuck, want to fuck, want to fuck, want to fuck. And they all run away, right? As opposed to the guy that just sits there and goes, yeah, next. The hottest girl comes up. You go next. All of a sudden, all of them are going, what happened there? You know, it's the same thing inside of your business. Um, and and yet, here we are it, with uh, in the middle of a recession, and a lot of entrepreneurs are feeling it right now. Yeah. And a lot of us are going, okay, I got to make more phone calls. I got to get more leads. I got to close more. I got to press, 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 push, push, push. We're driving people away rather than making that human connection. Yeah, big time, big time. And, you know, the latest, you know, kind of trending term is AI and all that other stuff. Yeah, look, the machines are here and um, there's <clears> going to be pros and cons with all of that, too. But this is a planet for human beings. And um, it, it's it's never that's never going to change. We'll go through also an arc and a flow of what that's going to do to things. Does it turn into Terminator and all those other versions of the movies? Maybe, as they say, you know, oftentimes, you know, art imitates life or is it maybe the other way around so maybe that was foreshadowing what's coming i just hope that i'm done by that time but the fact that no you won't is, be bro yeah maybe not <laughs> if right? you're gonna live to 100 there's no way you're gonna be done but by It'll the time arnold's coming back killing us all <laughs> that's, that's for sure um it's you know there's this word that we used to go around with uh inside a warrior and everywhere else and it's this um it's this it's a concept but the term is certainty and we're not really as certain as I think we all would like to feel very comfortable with. And a, 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 a social media as a lot of different media pieces have kind of the blame to that because we live in a highly distracted frame of existence right now that it's very difficult to find singular quiet time for ourselves to really just noodle through things, even if it's just to do nothing at all, that we are now being at some level upgraded in programming to stay constantly busy and mis, you know, misperceive that busyness is productivity. And it isn't. Um, the body we know does all of its growth and its repair when it's resting. It's not in the gym. 
you know, and if you think about when you're working out, like the average person, if you're, you're, you're doing well, you're doing it five days a week, an hour a week or an hour a day, excuse me. But I mean, it's not, not, you know, all the doctors and everything will say, but you're supposed to get seven hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep because yeah, that's where all of the regenerative stuff is taking place. I mean, if you really sum it up, you know, with how little of an impact of actual physical exercise in the whole scope of the time frame, I won't say it's irrelevant, but it's not nearly as important as most people are playing the focus on, but the YouTube videos and the guy with the six pack ab, everybody believes like that's what they should be chasing. And hence they stay constantly distracted to what is outside of them and is not them to begin with when it should just be, what should I be focusing on for myself? And the distraction creates the outlet to escape what we should really be focusing on. And that's just essentially, you know, going and looking in the mirror. I know that also sounds kind of corny, but you know, at no other time in humanity, did we have this many choices and distractions that, you know, oh, man. now we don't know what to do because it's a buffet. Everything is a buffet, you know? Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned this thing. I'll pop it up here. This thing right here is nuclear power and it's a nuclear bomb right kids don't need to go to school anymore college because everything they want's right here it's right here if 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 they have the work ethic and the drive it's right here and it's a nuclear bomb why because like you said we can sit on there and and catch the world in 15 cents 15 second snippets and sedate and the next thing you know hours have gone by and so it's like what I would advise people, if you're going to sedate using this thing, then give yourself a time limit and then also pour into yourself, not by using this if you're sedating with it, right? But get a book, find something you can pour into yourself um, so that, yeah, it's, it's interesting, Mark, that you say that because everybody is so distracted anymore with the social media and it's, and it's so divisive all the time there's 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 no there's no middle ground and it's just been sad to see that happen however when we're in a state of flow we can find peace and joy in that moment then the whole world changes um you know i loved hearing your your you're taking up the the skateboarding your snowboarding because success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure and for those of us that are just crushing it out there in business if we're not taking that time to be present and be that little kid and, and spend some time having fun. I've told all of my kids, and I'll continue to tell them, spend your money on experiences, not things, because if and when the worm turns and you have financial difficulties, they can't take away your experiences. Yeah. You know? Um, so with that, Mark, give me, give us like three to five, um, three to five to thrive is what I like to call it, on how do we shift if we're having a tough time how are we going to shift into a state of flow? What, we, what advice can you give us? All right. So first and foremost, I would say learn to pause. Um, I think one of the best practices that I picked up now for just allowing anything to uh, come through is can I pause before I react? Most of us are so quick to react. And again, with the distractions of things like uh, you know social media and everything, we'll just say everything that's digital now you know, we all are some level these, you know, keyboard warriors and, you know, at the at the punch of a like or a dislike or a angry emoji, you know, we satisfy that that feeling of like, you know, <sighs> flipping off the operative bird. But those reactions 
I would ask anyone to say, are they really yours or are you really, is there something further back that's triggering that? And if you start to maybe learn to let go of what you actually give attention to, you might actually start finding that very naturally you can slip into flow and slipping into flow doesn't really come with this sense of like falling into like a force. Slipping into flow is really relaxing out of this robot that we are normally on a daily basis. So I think it's when something comes at you, even as somebody's listening to this and they want to immediately say, this is some bullshit. Well, there's the reaction. Maybe just stop, stop, stop and just think, take a pause, take a breath, take several, and then allow a response to formulate. And here's the thing. No response is also a response. And sometimes the less practice that we actually have about tapping into flow, flow may just take a little longer to crank up. You know, I've got a 1967 Mustang, man. I love to drive it. And sometimes with my travel, and I wish I could say if it's travel because of business, but it's all travel because of leisure. You know, I come back and I want to crank the, you know, the pretty girl up and she just sits there. She's kind of, she's telling me, she's like, I got it, baby. Just give me a second. And I'm like, yeah, you got it, girl. Okay. Okay. You know, and, and I, I take my foot off the gas and I just stop pumping it and I, I pat the wheel a little bit. And I'm like, are you ready, girl? Are you ready? And then we get the little revving and boom, there she goes. And then I rip around the neighborhood and it's all, you know, lovely. But if I'm in there pounding and pounding and pounding, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to end up flooding everything and then I'm not going to get, you know, ultimately what, what's necessary. So uh, there's so many metaphors and analogous situations like that. I really think the biggest thing is to just pause. Also, if it feels like, like it shouldn't, feel good. Here's the other thing too. A lot of people will say, well, fuck Mark, there's a lot of things that don't feel good. Well, good. Pay attention to that. Like pay attention to that. What feels good? Sure. Does it sound absolutely asinine that I'm 46 years old riding a skateboard again? Look, between you and me, man, I went to the skate park at seven o'clock in the morning. This is where I still felt like a, a gangster because on the sign it said, you know, no trespassing until after nine. But I was like, I'll be damned if I'm in there. With <laughs> never watching me follow my ass i was like i want to i want to follow my ass in peace and quiet so here i am hopping the fence and doing everything and then i have to hop the fence to get out of the damn place and i had a moment of pause when i was in the truck leaving i was thinking you know my dad wasn't doing this shit when he was 46 you know god bless him he's gone now anyway but it's like wow i get to do this you know this is this is something yeah. that i i get to kind of try so that felt good does closing a loan on time and doing those things feel good too? Yeah, sure. And I, it, it means more to me when the person says something like, oh, it was my first home and all the rest of it. But it's, it's, it's rather transactional, no, no matter how sincerely I show up. So there's going to be very little, I think, that's going to feel good in the space of business. doesn't mean that it can't be purposeful. But when we eat to satisfy ourselves, we're not eating it at the benefit of trying to satisfy someone else. You're eating something because you enjoy it. There should be things that we're consuming that are not just food related that we personally enjoy because when mm -hmm. you can spend time lost in the simplest form of bliss, man, I don't know any better way to get into flow. That is flow. And then you start to do more of that and you start to realize how naturally things can come to you with yeah. arguably little effort. One thing I'm going to jump on before I let you go, we, we talk about emotions, the feel good emotions and the feel bad emotions. And oh, we use this term, oh, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I, these are bad, no, or angry, these are bad emotions. No, they're not bad emotions, they're emotions. And, and what 
and they're emotions that are designed to tell you to that if you want you can check in so anger why are you here sadness why are you here what is it that i need to learn from you in this moment and then we can deal with those emotions this is something i've been uh, i've been learning to do over the course of last year so it's just really understanding that those are emotions those quote-unquote bad emotions are there to serve us they're they're an indicator they're the canary in the coal mine that something's wrong so we can choose to ignore those things and then end up uh having um dying of a thousand paper cuts or we can just you know or i i i like this one um i was telling a client the other day um that uh he's got an employee out there who just keeps putting band-aids on the knife wounds and, and saying, Hey, look what a great job I'm doing. But I said, what he really needs to do is go out there and figure out who's swinging the butcher knife around. <laughs> right. <laughs> and let's stop that. So that's what those emotions are. Okay. If we just, if we just shift state, we're just putting a band-aid on it, but, but where are they coming from? So we can resolve those and then get into that flow state. Mark, Awesome conversation, bro. I, I really appreciate you coming on here. Thank you for your time. And uh, I'm always here for you if you need me for anything. You know that. And uh, I'm not going to say that I'm not at least a little bit envious about where you're going tomorrow. Have a great time, brother. <laughs> I'll send you some pictures, man. All right, bro. Take care. See you, bro. Hey, Game of Business family. If you enjoyed or received value out of this episode, please share it. Send it to a friend. See, we don't pay for advertising on this podcast that are strictly word of mouth, and I would love the help to add value to as many business people as I can. Thanks a lot.